My name is Nassim Harmain and I'm a theoretical physicist that has been working on unification theory for some 30 years. And today on the show, we're going to talk about those, the result of all these studies and what it means to your understanding of the universe, but more importantly, what it means to you on your everyday life. Right. So, so let's take this into the woo for a minute because I want to, I want to crash some things on the rocks and have other things elevate um, without being my bias, but just to, to, to sort of see what comes up there. So mm -hmm. let's talk about this, um, my bias, my bias, surface level idea of, quote, the law of attraction, the secret. Mm -hmm. you know, um, tell me what your, your stance is with that in the context of what it is you're talking about, what you're discovering about this interaction with a reflective universe. Right. So, they, so, so you see, that's where I think there can be some misunderstanding and misconception is that, um, you know, yes, you're creating your reality, but and if you forget this part, you're in big trouble. Reality is creating your you, um, you know, so there's a feedback um, and, and, and so and so what it is is that you're sharing reality right with the consensus yes. with the with a morphogenetic field so that you know it's not just your intent it's the relationship of all the intents um yes. and and so that's why it is not always obvious to create exactly what you want because what you might think you want might not be the best outcome for the whole and the right. field will even that out. Like for instance, you can't all of a sudden say, I'm too hot. I'm going to turn the sun down, you know, because the guy in Alaska is like, wait a minute, I'm freezing up. Right. So, yeah. You know, so there's consensus, there's scale relationships and, and right. this, and this is what the equation actually shows is that there's, and, and I love that you're talking about the woo woo because I want to, I want to clarify that like, you know, the, the, the amazing thing about this is that although these concepts might've been said by masters and spirituality and all this stuff for Eon, all of a sudden in this case, the math comes out right. Right. The math gives very, very important answers and is 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 verifiable. It's it's you know it's been validated by accelerators in Switzerland. That is, I was yep. able to make predictions that were confirmed by accelerators and and so you know this is not just a concept of 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 philosophy. This is actually the way things work and how. Yep atoms are made how massacres how the fundamental constants of physics come out and so you know so basically there's an amazing interaction you're part of this unified field you're Absolutely. not isolated and you're playing your part by putting your intent in and you're gonna get something along the lines of your intent but it's always going to surprise you because it's being modified by the whole. And, and 
there's like 15 things there I want to jump in on, but, <laughs> but, but so the thing I think I've got to come back to first is this. So how do you, from your research, how do you see that, um, that we are placing our intent into that field in order to manifest our reality? How do you see that we are, uh, interacting with it is it conscious is it unconscious is it both is it something else altogether mm, that's a really good question i think it happens at many different levels you know from from the actions you take with your physical body you know like what are you doing with your physical body everything you do how you do it how you interact physically to you know the the thermodynamic expansion of your of the energy you expand in a day right you can think of that as you know in in energy transfer with the field you can think of it in many different ways what are you thinking about when you're thinking right like how what is going on in your head are you editing your thoughts are you paying attention to what you're thinking when you're walking down the street and you see a person of a different color or with different kind of clothes on or what is going on in your head? Um, you know, so because the field is recording everything, every bit, uh, we call them plonk bits or plonk mm -hmm. information oscillator. Yeah. You know, every single thought, every single thing that's happening is recorded by this field. So how are you showing up in all ways in all levels in this field, I think um, is a quantifying uh, value for your impact on the field, how impactful, how focused your intent will be able to influence the field. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, the thesis I wrote was on personal emotional resonance fields. And and showing how the emotional connection, because I know that you've looked at relationships too, and I, I the, this work that I did was based on that. It came out of that that thing I said when I was a kid, like why did why do smart people do dumb things, particularly in relationships? And I was fascinated <laughs> by who we attracted into our relationship, and, and that we are pulling in people to our lives. Um, and that, as you said, that the challenge is that people have this idea, which again, I think is was the, the secret thing is, which I'm going to meditate on this and it's going to show up. Well, not quite. And here's why. Uh, two factors, more, more than two, but two factors to point out here. One is, what is your emotional content? Because my thesis, not the truth, my thesis is that is thought plus emotion plus feeling, which relates to belief that, that creates a quantum resonance field. That field then feeds into the quantum field, which mm. is an evolving process, as you said, and in mm. the evolving process will give you back, not what you asked for, but what you, what you are emotionally connected to. And that may be a magnified version of what it is because you probably won't see it if it's back at the same level. You need it kind of magnified because humans are a bit dumb. We don't really pay attention. 
you know, you, you had a car accident and crashed your head and banged all those kinds of things. Guess what? I fell off a mountain and got smashed to pieces while free climbing. You know, again, a little bristle with sugar, a little craziness. It's how it happens. At the same time, <laughs> it was not my first fall. That was my fourth fall. And oh. I guarantee yours wasn't one. It was several until we right. go, until the universe goes, bam, wake up, you dumbass. Right. <laughs> and so I think that I believe with every fiber of my being that I am the manifestor of that because it had to be magnified enough that the universe simply whispering, hey, Dove, you need to tune in onto what, what's been driving you your entire life and come back to that. No, 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 I'm going to stay on my, no, no. So, okay, now eventually smack you upside the head. And right. so I think there's an evolution and we get, we, we get into this very much polarized either or. I have no power I'm at the hands of fate and it's all luck. Or on the other side of it, I have the absolute power and uh -huh. I am a deity. No, you're not. No, <laughs> you're just not. That's just not how it works. But you are the creator of your life, but it is an evolving process. And I believe my soul, which is, as you said, part of that, that, that field, mm -hmm. is, in the, is in evolution as the field is in evolution. Right. So it's going to call me to evolve. And in the right. evolution, you might go, you know what, Dove? That, that's a nice idea, but it isn't really going to evolve you. So let's give you the evolved version. Let's take a rock diving lesson, falling from 120 feet. And guess what? We're going to land you on your head so your ego gets smashed to pieces. Oh, okay. Let's go. Right? Yes, totally. I totally get what you're saying, and I totally agree. And, and you know, basically, and actually, I like, I'd like to – to add on to that, that you can actually map that um, in, in a very, you know, rigorous way, um, what you just said, you know, meaning that, for instance, so think of your consciousness not being an epiphenomenon of your brain, but being a, a relationship between the field and your body, where your body is like, a transceiver it's like an, an antenna oscillating in space you're breathing you know your heartbeat the, all the fluids moving the spinal fluid going up and down and and all this stuff and then the brain activity is actually just the result of the information moving between the field and your body and and the and, and the dynamics the thermal thermal dynamics that comes out of it and so think of it and and we know for a fact that emotions regulate uh our state of emotion regulate our breathing our heartbeat or you know like change your emotion all of a sudden the chemicals in your body completely change everything and so um so basically your antenna is tuned to a very specific frequency of the field depending on your state of emotion exactly and so that's that's the challenge is that people think that it's thinking but thinking is just one small fraction right. and that you, you you know using an old analogy a radio station you just tune it one degree and suddenly it's off station and, right. and is what we've got to understand is that we are we are we are both uh, transmitters and receivers 
at all times. Right. And sometimes we are going to receive a magnitude, a, magni a magnification of what it is we put out. And because in the quantum realm, there is no time, then guess what? You might be getting shit back. And people say, oh, that's the past. No, no, it isn't the past. Past mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. You are, well, I always say to people, you, the past is leaking all over your present and is about to pollute your future <laughs> because you've not dealt with it. But according to Heisenberg, when we examine something, it changes and so do we. So you can actually literally change your past at a resonance level that's by right. examining it. But most people go, no, I've got a big rug. I bought it in Tehran. It's from, it's a Persian rug. And I'm going to shove all my emotional crap under it and <laughs> think that it's gone away. But it hasn't. It's gone into the field and it's going to come back and throw you off a freaking mountain. Right, exactly. Or, or off a ski. <laughs> Skidoo. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, and, and you know, literally, I was saying that the field is recording the information. Uh, when it records the information in the structure of space, it's in parallel to your present, meaning the, yes. what you're calling the past is information in coordinates in space-time in uh, uh, you know, a linear relationship to where you are. Like think of the earth moving through space. It's making a huge spiral as it's following the sun through the galaxy. And think of all the dots, all the coordinates along that spiral where you were, right? Recording all the information that you left on the structure of space. And when you, and, and that's why they cannot find memory in the brain is because it's not in the brain. It's on the structures of, of space. You're accessing, you're quantum accessing the universal quantum computer. You call that memory, right? Exactly. And, and, and when you think about those memories, you're actually accessing the information. And when you modify your relationship, your emotional relationship to that information, you're actually modifying the information on the structure of space in the universal quantum computer. And that's changing your present, which is going to change your future. Absolutely. And that, that ties into so my next level of questioning here, which is, uh, you've mentioned it, um, uh, Sheldrake's work in morphogenetic fields. Correct. Uh, yeah. Just to sort of everybody understands who that is, uh, Rupert Sheldrake is a British biologist who did very challenging work um, around morphogenetic fields and shows that evolution is not the Darwinian theory at all, but actually that there is these fields of energy. And, and I, I would just like to explain it very quickly like this in a different metaphor. When I first moved to Canada 30 years ago uh, from Australia, uh, I've always had a great in interest in spirituality. A friend of mine said, oh, there's this woman, she's a channel. You should come and see her. I said, okay, she's channeling? Yeah, who's she channeling? Jesus. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll go to that. So I stand in this room with 12 people, and we're all standing around, and this woman comes out, she puts herself in state, and she starts to channel. And she travels the room, speaking to each person, but just whispering in their ear. And she gets to me, and she whispers in my ear, and I wait respectfully until she's two or three people from me, and then I leave. And my friend who had invited me, like, freaks out and follows me and goes, where are you going? I go, I'm going home. And he goes, why? 
And they go, because this is not for me. And he said, well, she's wonderful. She's a powerful channel. And she's channeling Jesus. And I go, no, she's not. And he goes, what do you mean? You're telling me she's a fraud? He says, no, no, no. I am not saying for a second she's a fraud. And he goes, well, what did she say that put you off? I said, she said to me, thou art my son. I said, she's channeling a morphic field of consciousness. She's not channeling Jesus. She's, and, I, and he said, well, how do you know that? I said, well, if Jesus was real, and I'm not saying was or wasn't, but if he was, he was an Essian. So he spoke either Essian or ancient Hebrew. Uh, or if he was a master, he could speak in any language he want. And he certainly wouldn't be speaking in King James English. So she's channeling the morphic field of, of information that is King James English understanding of Jesus. Nothing wrong with it. Fantastic. Not for me. Off I go. And then that's one of the things that I want to I teach people with morphic fields is that it's a pocket of information that mm -hmm. we tap into. And sometimes if we're not conscious, we just fall into it. But mm -hmm. we, as you said, the universe is evolving and so are we, and we can evolve a morphic field. Right. You and agree with are. that? Yeah, we are. I think what Sheldrake called the morphic field, and that's why I love talking with him, um, you know, I believe, uh, you know, in, in, in current physics, it's called the vacuum fluctuations or zero-point energy. I think mm. that those are all different names for the same thing. Yes. Uh, it used to be called by Maxwell from, um, you know, James Maxwell. It used to be called um, the ether or the luminous ether, he called yep. it. He wrote all of his physics of electromagnetism on the luminous ether. It was eventually removed. I think that was a big error in physics. Einstein realized it was an error in physics, but it was too late by the time he realized that he talked about it in his later years that we should have never removed it, but it was too late. There's a great talk, by the way, for your listeners, by Frank Wilczek, um, that's called The Materiality of the Vacuum. He's a Nobel Prize winner in physics that finally is coming forward in the public talking about we should have never removed the ether from physics. Um, and um, and he, it's one of the most important talk that happened, uh, conference, I believe, that, that happened in physics in the last hundred years. So, so it's an important talk. But as you said, there's this field and, you know, we can call it the morphic field. We can call it in many different ways. The ancient had it too. They called it mana, you know, chi, uh, you know, prana. They called it many different things. But the, the description is always the same. It's everywhere. It permeates everything. It contains all the information. And, you know, and so you're absolutely right. We can... We can tap into a pocket of the, of the morphogenetic field and all of a sudden like get information from a very specific branch of the fractal structure of space and, right. get, and, and download the information. And people may call that channeling, may call it the, the really cool thing about this theory that's emerging. I want to, uh, again, reiterate, this is actually physics it's not just philosophy right um, 
that uh, is is that all these things that are in philosophy or in spirituality in the woo woo world and all this, all of a sudden they can start to be understood uh, in terms of their physical nature, meaning understanding those are the real mechanics. They're real mechanics of the universe. They're not just, you know, kind of uh, imagination things of the mind. You know, they, they, they're actually the way things work we can start to explain, for instance, using this field, why people can have remote viewing experiences, why people yes. can have remote healing experiences. You yes. know, all these things start to make sense if the physics are written on, the, on this field. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is powerful stuff and, and you and I could go on for a couple of weeks probably and enjoy a great conversation. And I'm sure at some point we'll get together and actually meet and hang out a bit. Um, if, if only because we're both, uh, even if because we're both not from Canada, but Canadians. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cause I live in Vancouver. So, um, I, I just want to go into uh, this piece around um, understanding um, the the relationship of what we're, what we're talking about. So let me ask you this, Nassim, as you uh, in the world doing what it is you're doing, what do you see is mankind's greatest challenge at this time? And is there something we can do about it? And that may be a philosophical, political, as well as a physics question. But what do you see? Because, you know, I think that we, the people, when I say we, I mean people who think differently, we, we tend to see the problems of the world differently than we're looking for something deeper or di different, at least. Mm -hmm. Um. I think that at this point, I'm sorry. What is mankind's greatest challenge that you see? Yeah, I, I think at this point, mankind's greatest challenge is, um, is I mean, there's many levels of it. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to pick a level at which I can plug in, but sure. for the answer, but I, I would say that it, I, it's two parts. One yes. is to um, make a clear distinction between skepticism, which is healthy, yes, and um, close-mindedness, which yes. is unhealthy. Yep. Right. And so, evolution requires that we explore new ideas. Yes. When we want to explore these new ideas with an open mind mm -hmm. and a healthy level of skepticism, right? So, yes. so it's got to make sense, right? So for instance, I think, and this might surprise you, uh, I think that the exploration of string theory was in early stages healthy, and then eventually um, 
the healthy amount of skepticism was missing, right, in the yes. later years, and it led a physics astray. So this is a kind of an example. Um, yeah, and and so uh, and so um, the same thing. So so to stay open, mm -hmm. but but to require the evidence, you know, so that and to explore the evidence uh, with an open mind is critical for humanity right now, because I think there's a lot of things in the universe that are gonna surprise us, and we have to be open to these surprises. The largest challenge in our survival, I believe, is energy production. We have to come to term with a new understanding of energy. We have to come to term with the realization that energy that we extract from nature currently uh, has a source that we can tap into it. There's a, there's a reservoir of energy everywhere in space. And tapping into that reservoir will free humanity from the, you know, from the environmental challenges that we have, you know, produced in our evolution. And mm -hmm. so very, very, very important step. It holds the key to liberate humanity. It is right. the linchpin to our transformation. So it requires both. It, it requires the mind to be able to go there. Mm -hmm. And it requires, so it requires a level of consciousness able to accept that. Right. And it, and it requires the technical knowledge to be able to do it. Is that is that a form of quantum propulsion, or is that uh, something altogether? Yes, Gra using gravitational fields and gravitational pull. That's right. It's it's a new understanding of gravity that comes from a quantum um, uh, scale. That right. is, Einstein described gravity as the curvature of spacetime. Yes. But, and so, and so we're able to apply it to cosmological scale objects, mm -hmm. but it doesn't apply at the quantum level. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because he didn't say what space-time was made of. Yes. So that was the assumptive piece without the questioning below that. And that's right. why we got the deviation between quantum physics and physics and and the unifying field which is right. what your work has always been about which is how does this show up here and most physicists have been closed-minded about that the quantum is real no the physics is real no mm -hmm. they're both real right exactly yeah. and they, and how do they connect and it turns out that space-time at the very small scale level at the quantum level is granular. It's not smooth. It's not as described by Einstein. At the at the very fine level, is granular, and it's it is what he described as spacetime is that field, the ether curving, and the ether curves when it spins. 
this is what I found. This right. is the main discovery that I make is that when the granular structure of space-time is all co-moving, is spinning in a region of space, it curls just like water going down your, the drain in your tub and your rubber ducky orbiting around it. That is how gravity is produced. And mm -hmm. so by understanding this and understanding, of course, I'm saying it very simply, the equations are more complex, but by understanding the equations of this, then we realize, oh, so that means if I spin the quantum field, if I spin space-time, I can curve it. And if I curve it, that means I can control gravity. And if I can control gravity, I can do remarkable things, right? Amazing. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, you have, you know, infinite amount of energy available. You can, you can go to Jupiter for the weekend and come back for, you know, Monday morning meetings. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, the sky is no longer the limit. And you free humanity from the limited resources that we have on our planet. And which, which is the cause of all this, the political stress and the financial stress. And, you know, eventually the wars that are wedged, you know, to have energy, you know, to, yep. to and, and so on. So it really has a huge impact in our society as soon as we do this. And it's one discovery as simple as the discovery of, you know, us when we, when Faraday moved a magnet across a wire and realized he could get an electric field out of it. Right. And, you know, we built a whole society on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, again, this is an area we could spend another hour on, but we're not going to. Um, <laughs> uh, not today. And, and I, I, you know, definitely like to have you come back and, and do more. This has been a fascinating conversation. I really want people to know where they can find out more about you, where they can find more about Taurus Tech, about the things that you're doing and all the wonderful resources that you have. So please tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find out more about you, Nassim. Okay, uh, so in 2004, I founded a nonprofit foundation called the, well, it used to be called the Residence um, uh, Project, but now it's called um, the Residence Science Foundation. So the Residence Science Foundation, um, you can find it on the net, you know, residencescience.org. And um, and um, there you can uh, connect with all of our um, all of our uh, community and find all the papers I wrote in physics, um, many interviews and so on. And uh, we have a delegate program that people can take, which is like an educational program, which is super fun. And all of the physics and the philosophy and all this stuff is in there. And then there's all the links for people to be able to do their own research and find their own resources. And then as well, every month I answer questions for two hours for, for all the delegates. There's about 80 countries involved. There's thousands of people involved. And so you get to connect with the whole community. So there's all kinds of stuff there. Uh, Taurus Tech has, uh, is a small for-profit um, 
R&D laboratory that's working on the application of what's being developed in the nonprofit um, research foundation. Um, and then the application of it, um, you know, for humanity. Um, so, um, you know, all this can be found there and people can participate in a community that spans many different, you know, fields from biology to physics. So, and as well, they can interact with our research staffer, which includes PhD physicists and biologists and doctors and all this stuff. Um, so, you know, it's really a place, and then we publish as well um, scientific news every few days uh, on our website. So you can go there to get the scientific news, but as well with, with a spin, you know, to understand how it fits in the puzzle, right. the unified view of physics and, and science in general. Sim, I, I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. As I said, I've been a fan for a long time. You didn't know that, but that <laughs> is actually true. And I, I really want to thank you for this conversation. It's been a joy. Um, I thank hope you'll you. stay with Thank you. And I hope you'll stay with us to the end as we say goodbye. But um, is there any last simple practical message that you'd like to leave our audience with because for me I, i've always said that information is worth the hole in the donut but transformation is the application of the information right and, and so what's the practicality what, what is the practical guidance you would like to give to our viewers our listeners that they can put into practice within the next 24 hours maybe a few days whatever it is uh i would say that it's really critical that if if you understand these this uh, this field that this field is everywhere and and you want to access it you want to get better you're already accessing it that's why you're conscious but if you want to access it at a deeper level right uh if you if you're really want to interact with it if you look which direction there's only two directions in the universe outside and inside it's either going out or it's going in and um the the most powerful way to access this field is within you because it's in every one of your atoms you're made a hundred tri trillion cell each one is made a hundred trillion atoms and in every one of those atoms you have a link to this field of information so to just spend a few minutes a day to turn your senses from the outside to the inside, you know, it, it doesn't, you don't have to call it a meditation. You can call it like a contemplation, a relaxation, whatever you want to think about it, you know, whichever way you want to think about it, just to like check in with yourself, check in with your true self, with the essence of you, this field that maintains you and that, connects you to the whole um you know i think it makes a big difference because throughout the day you're gonna be pulled outside yourself and you can get in the spin and it can get really messy but if you know where that center is if you know where that stillness is if you know how to get back to it and you've practiced um not so long ago getting there then it's easy to go back to your center and find yourself again Mate, it's been a pure pleasure and a pure joy 
thank you so much. Thank you. It's been so great to connect with you. You too. And for you, dear listener, remember that you can go onto our Facebook page. You can go search us out and go there and have conversations with other conscious individuals who are also committed to be deep levels of curiosity in creating leadership for themselves and for the world. We are here to have impact and influence, and we do that by being awake. And the more we stay awake, the more we pay attention to what's going on on the inner as well as on the outward. So again, stay curious, my friend, stay deeply curious, because curiosity is the key to a fulfilled life. It puts you in line with your purpose and it allows you to tap into your deep, deep greatness. My name is Dov Barron. I'm the founder of FullMontyLeadership.com. You can find out about more about me at FullMontyLeadership.com and all the amazing things that we do. I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for sharing the show with everybody you know. It has been a pleasure and honor to serve you and I will. Oh,